Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Friday, July 31st, 2015 edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. At the end of the show, I will be making the draw. I will be picking four names for a signed copy that's signed from me to you personally of my book, Green Gospel. And for those of you who have not picked up a copy, do so by going to greengospel.ca. It's a very important book. That's going to be exciting. Speaking of exciting, you're in for a real treat, listeners. You all know my next guest. It is a man who I had the privilege of meeting last fall. And what a remarkable man. To this day, I have never experienced an outpouring of God quite like that event in Idaho. And I'm told the two events that came after were even more incredible. So I know I'm going to be a part of his next event. That I know for sure, even if I have to duct tape myself to a Greyhound bus. Augusto Perez joins me today from the Appearance Ministries at theappearance.com. He is back recently from his missions trip to Ecuador. He's going to share his experience and tell us what's on his heart. Augusto, welcome back to the program it is such an honor to have you back on the show. Thank you, Sheila, so much for having me, inviting me, and um, it is always a pleasure to be with you. And um, this trip to Ecuador, we stayed uh, on the field longer than um, we have ever done and before, and so we stayed 30 days, and uh, we ministered, you know, there uh, quite a bit, and um we minister specifically in one church. They have like a tent. It, it's right in the middle of a city of Cuenca. And um, they have a nice group there. And uh, I minister there on two specific Sundays. My goodness, what an outpouring of the spirit we had. Um, the people just kept coming and kept coming. They are so hungry, so hungry for the presence of God, so hungry to be ministered to. Uh, I can't even begin to uh, share all the things that the Lord did. Many of the people were saved 
there were many backsliders there, you know, people that go to church, but they're sitting on the fence. And the message that I shared uh, really touched them. On one Sunday, I, I shared on the, um, on the end of times. And the, the pastor wanted me to share on that, and so I did. And he had a tremendous response, and many, many people came forward, gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. And uh, we had a move of the Spirit of the Lord in healings and deliverances. There were many deliverances, people that were bound uh, by all kinds of fears, fears of uh, spirits of fear, depression, anxiety attacks. There were many who had anxiety attacks which is something that I am beginning to see, uh, Sheila, uh, a lot as I minister. There's a lot of people now experiencing uh, anxiety attacks, stress, depression. And, um, I mean, it's very understandable. Uh, we are living in very stressful times. And so there are many people that have, are, are being uh, attempted with the, uh, the, the spirit of suicide. Many people are just finding out they cannot cope with all the things that are taking place. And so <clears throat> a spirit of fear begins to get a hold of them. And the thing about fear is that if people do not cut off that spirit of fear, it will seize them and it will begin to control their behavior. It will begin to control their thought pattern so that they are obsessed with it. They're obsessed with fear, with anxiety about tomorrow. And isn't that what the Lord prophesied that would happen? The Messiah, Jesus Christ, when he said man's hearts will be full of fear in expectation of things that are coming upon the earth. And then he said, and many, uh, you know, many people will have literally what the, what the scripture says there in the original text is heart attacks, hearts failing them. It's heart attacks. And um, people are going to begin to have heart attacks because of things that are coming upon the earth. And uh, I have never seen in all my years of uh, ministry and uh, dealing with, uh, you know, against the fighting and the warfare against the powers of darkness. I have never seen in all my years of ministry such an attack on the saints of the Most High. I was sharing yesterday, it seems like the demons, the the spirits that are coming against the people are of a different caliber. They seem to be more purposeful. They seem to be more determined. They seem to be completely uh, oblivious to you know the um, the rule of law of heaven. They really don't get scared easy, like you know, like the other demons, the other spirits. When you come against them in the name of Jesus Christ and by the blood of the Lamb, these kinds of spirits. They are like bold. They're right in your face. They don't back off. And so, you know, I had an encounter with one of those demons during this trip. I'm telling you, Sheila, uh, I experienced uh, pain on the, on the left side of my neck, going right over the all, all over my head. One night, it was so strong I couldn't I couldn't bear it. I had to stand against that thing, rebuke it. And just fight against that demon, commanded to loose, and I had to take some uh, painkillers and went to bed. And you know, thank God, the next day I was feeling better. I was feeling you know much better, ninety-five percent better. And uh, <clears throat> this is something that I have never experienced in my life. And you know, those demons. You know, whenever we minister, uh, you know, to people, 
and people are oppressed. People are demonized. We are fighting against demons. Uh, they know who you are. They, they know who you are, and they attack you, and they come against you. Now they come in droves, and um, I am seeing, and in this trip, I saw it, these attacks are getting more ferocious. They're getting stronger. And uh, because of that, uh, the people have to, they have to up their game. We have to up our game. Uh, people are not going to be able to, uh, to get by. Like, say, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to have uh, hidden sins in their lives. They're not going to be able to have things, hidden things like uh, unforgiveness, or jealousies, or um, resentments, or things of that nature, which are not the big things, you know, they're not the big sins. You're, you're never going to hear um, those kinds of things uh, mentioned from a pulpit yeah. in a church today. You know, they're going to mention maybe the big, you know, the big sins, you know, adultery, you know, uh, stealing, you know, things like that. But those kinds of uh, things that will bind people, they will cause people to be in bondage. And uh, so when we come against these kinds of spirits, we're going to feel a backlash. They're going to come back at me. They're going to come back at you because they know that you're a threat. They know you're a threat. And so one of the things I have learned, and I'm going to just share this with you and with others that are listening, whenever you minister to uh, people that are uh, demonized, and especially if you, if you do this, uh, you know, a, a lot and you minister to several, you have to disconnect. You have to just cut off any ties that there may have been when you were ministering to them. Or that will open a door for these things to come back at you in a backlash. And, uh, and so I am seeing this more and more. We're living in very dark times. So the services were glorious. Uh, we'll, we are preparing a report. We're going to be sending it out to uh, you know, those on our mailing list and uh, you know, with a lot of photos, a lot of pictures, so that people you know, are able to see some of the things that happened. But uh, it was a tremendous time there in Ecuador. Uh, there are many local spirits there that are, are very strong. There's a lot of, uh, there are many shamans there, many brujos and brujas there that do not like uh, outsiders coming in and stirring up the nest. And so they, you know, they're very uh, protective and they will come against you. And uh, uh, I have known of cases of people there that, um, you know, have gotten sick because of these brujos that came against them. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a challenge. I enjoy a challenge. Uh, you know me, I enjoy a good challenge. I'm not afraid of a challenge. And, um, you know, but it was it was a tremendous trip. It was tremendously uh, productive. Many people were saved. Many people were healed, set free. But um, like I was sharing before, Sheila, I think that the people that are listening to this program, they need to up their game. I believe the time is past when they can just sit by and just uh, be an observer. They need to become active. They need to be activated. Uh, one of the things we are doing is we're praying for the Lord to raise up more intercessors all over the world. Uh, there are just not enough intercessors praying right now. We are just a small ragtag group. You know, we have a group. I know you have a group. 
there are maybe a few other groups here and there across America and Canada, but um, they're not enough. It's just not enough. There's not enough people praying, not enough people interceding. And so one of the things that we are praying for is that for the Lord to raise up, raise up uh, intercessors, warriors that will stand in the gap and will, you know, will pray and will intercede uh, first for their themselves, for their families, and then for uh, for the body of Christ, for those that are in leadership, in positions of leadership. Because one of the things that the enemy is, is doing, uh, Sheila, is he is coming after the leaders. He's coming after leaders. In this last two, three years, we have lost several good leaders in the body of Christ. And um, it's going to continue. It's going to intensify. And the, the enemy did this in the early church. He came against the apostles first. He started knocking off apostles one by one. He came against James, and they, they put James in prison and Peter in prison, and James was killed. And then they were going after Peter. Next, the church woke up you know, and said, hey, we better start praying or they're going to knock off every one of our apostles, every one of the, uh, that is in the position of leadership. They're going to kill them. And, uh, and they start praying. They got serious. And then that's when the Lord moved and sent an angel to rescue Peter from jail, Apostle Peter. And uh, it's in the Bible. It's in the book of Acts. And so prayer is our most potent weapon. Yes. And I've been teaching on that on our series on piercing the veil. And, uh, you know, people need to wake up and realize that (laughs) this thing is real. This thing is getting worse. The darkness is spreading. We are losing the battle. Uh, you know, the two laws that were passed and, uh, and this month and last month, uh, you know, uh, I mean, the enemy is gaining ground. The same-sex marriage was made the law of the land in the United States. And then, of course, the fast-track uh, bill that was passed, which gives... Uh, Obama, uh, you know, complete control to do as he sees fit. Uh, these kinds of things are setting up the country for the new world order. And of course, we got the, we have the Pope coming in now, September, to speak to uh, the United Nations and uh, to speak to Congress, both chambers. And you know, like you were, like you and I were talking before the program, you know. Uh, this is this is going to be a setup for the new world order or order agenda, and uh, it, it's not going to be pretty. These people are determined to uh, foist their agenda upon the people, and uh, you know uh, the majority of the people listening to this program, you know, and on our programs, and you know, they're out there. They don't think that this is going to affect them. They for somehow they think that as long as it doesn't affect me, I'm not going to get involved. You know, I don't want to get involved. It's it's that kind of an attitude that we're seeing. They're not willing to help financially a program such as yours, which is a blessing to the body of Christ. You know, people should help programs like yours. They should help financially. They should back up. They should pray. You know, people that are, are trying to get the truth out there to 
present them with uh, food, good good meat that they can uh, you know that they can eat, that they can sink their teeth into. These truths are not you cannot find these truths uh, everywhere, as you already know, Sheila, and uh, you know programs like yours, like mine, and there's some others out there that they're putting it out. You know, uh, they are they are like a needle in a haystack. They're rare to find. And um, I, I have heard a lot of people talk about your program and, you know, send me emails how they have been blessed by, you know, with a show I was on your program and your programs, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, this is the time that people need to step up, you know, say, I'm here, you know, count on me, you know, uh, I'm going to help, you know, I'm going to pray, I'm going to help financially and with prayers and with intercessions, you know, in, and become involved because this thing is getting darker and we are not winning this battle. I mean, we are, we, we have lost a few battles in a row, two or three of the last battles we have lost and we're going to win the war. No doubt about it. We are going to win this thing, but the enemy has been winning lately. And, uh, I believe the reason is because the, the body of Christ is still asleep, still asleep. You know, it reminds me of a story, uh, from the from Nazi Germany uh, that I heard uh, some time back, and that was you know when the when the Nazis begin be, when they began to you know to take the um, the Jews in trains to the concentration camps. I remember reading that uh, you know the churches, some of the churches would hear the trains and uh, and the screams of the jewish people you know as they were passing by their churches and they kept on singing you know how great thou art you know when you know when i go to glory and you know, all all those songs of zion they kept singing them they totally brushed these things under the carpet they did not face it they did not deal with it and uh, and then the trains kept coming and they kept ignoring it because they thought that it did not concern them. They actually sang louder and louder. Yes, yes, to try to, you know, to, to try to uh, black out those screams, the horrific screams. But the thing about this, Sheila, is that eventually they'll come for you. Eventually they'll come for you, people. And uh, if you don't do anything to stop it, when you can, you know, we are supposed to be, uh, we are supposed to care for our brothers and our sisters. And, uh, if you don't lift a finger to help, if you don't lift a finger to do anything, to change the situation, you know, uh, they're going to come for you after they're going to come for you. And, uh, and then it'll be too late. Then it'll be too late to do anything. I think we still have a small chance. We still have a fighting chance. If everybody would, rise up now would repent of their sins and would say you know what i'm done being irrelevant i'm going to i'm going to get my feet into this thing i'm going to ask the lord to cleanse me out fill me with his spirit use me and any any way i can i'm going to help you know the cause i'm going to i'm going to be in the kingdom of god if if the people would take that attitude right now there would be a chance we would have a fighting chance but it's, it's, you know, I'm not optimistic, Sheila, because I know how he has been. I know how the people are. I know human nature. 
and unfortunately is going to take something very, very bad, something horrific to really wake up the people. It's not even going to be like 9-11. It's going to be much worse. And uh, maybe then the people will wake up. Well, you're right. There is a disconnect. And you mentioned that with the, of course, as the trains were heading to Auschwitz, you know, they sang louder and louder. You know, I think, what is it going to take, Augusto, to get people to get serious about plugging into God, get serious about fasting and armored up, filled up, battled up, you know, ready to go out into full combat, you know, have the devil say, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, Augusto Perez, I know he knows. The enemy is not, you know, he's not bothering with these guys out there doing nothing for the kingdom of God. You know, this phrase, a cross to bear, it's a very popular derivation of the words of Jesus, take up your cross and follow me. And while the phrase is commonly understood to mean acceptance of some burdensome task, the command to take up the cross is, it's much more than a symbol of the difficulties experienced by humanity. It was an instrument of death. What Jesus is referring to is commitment to him even unto death. It's that obedience to the extreme measure and a willingness to die in pursuit of obedience. And I mean, death on a cross is not pleasant. I mean, everybody died with the exception of John. So, and these guys had a tremendously gruesome death. And we don't want to step out and do anything that might cause us a little suffering. Why is there that disconnect, Gusto? Well, it's um, the messages that are being preached in the churches. It's it's just um, it's not the message that was preached in the in the Book of Acts by the early apostles. It's just it's not the, the message of the kingdom. And uh, what we are hearing today is a different message. It's a different gospel. And they're preaching a different Jesus Christ. And so, because of that, there is a disconnect. The people are are duped. They are deceived into believing that um, they don't have to do anything, that um, all they have to do is just go Sunday after Sunday to church, drop in their tithes, drop in their offerings, and, um, you know, just make a show of presence there, and uh, they're fine, you know, they're good for another week. And that is not the true Christianity. That is not what following the, the Lord Jesus Christ is all about. When the Lord Jesus Christ said, take up your cross and follow me, he meant it. He, he really meant it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, your cross is may not be the same as my cross, but uh, it is still a cross. A cross is something you have to bear. It's, it, it means uh, dealing with situations in your life that are there for a reason, are there for a purpose. I was sharing the other day uh, on one of the programs that, you know, this may come as a surprise to a lot of Christians, but we Christians, you know, believers in Jesus Christ, Yeshua, we, the Lord never meant for us to be happy on this planet. Never. You can find that word. It's not there in the scriptures. Now, what is there is this. He said, I have come that you may have life abundantly. Yes. That he did say. He did say, I have come that you may have joy, that your joy may be full. Yes, he said that. He also said, I have come to bring you peace, shalom, you know, that you have peace in your hearts. You know, yes, that also is in the scriptures. He came to give us peace, shalom. 
He came to give us joy. He came to give us abundant life, eternal life, to wash our sins away. All those things are true. But the Bible never says (laughs) he came to make us happy. And this is the message, Sheila, that is being preached from the pulpits. You know, God wants you to be happy. You know, he wants you to, you know, to, to do your own thing. He wants you to do whatever. And there's no mention of the cross. Why is the cross? Why does the Lord want us to carry the cross? Okay. And if, if we say that just at face value, you know, God wants you to carry a cross. People are going to be turned off. They're going to say, I don't want to carry a cross. I don't want to carry my cross. Why do I have, you know, I don't want to carry any cross. Well, this is the deal. Okay. And people need to understand this. The reason that we are here on this planet is so that our character and our lives can be reshaped into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that we can become like him, so that we can be trained to reign and rule with him in eternity. This is what we're doing here. We're being trained for eternity. That's it. I mean, if people don't understand that, they will never understand the meaning of Christianity, the meaning of, of salvation, the meaning of redemption. Why were we redeemed? Well, number one, we were redeemed so that we could live in eternity with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven, okay? So that we would not go to hell, okay? But there's much more than that. We were redeemed also so that we can rule and reign with him. He, You know, there is something about the Messiah that is so beautiful and people just don't understand is that he, he just doesn't want to rule and reign himself forever, He wants us to rule and reign with him. He wants to share in his kingdom. He wants wants to include us in in decision-making. He wants to include us in the the court of heaven when judgment is being passed. We are, the, the, the apostle Paul says, we shall judge angels. So we are seeing in the scriptures, we are seeing something very tremendous and very beautiful and very powerful that has to do with our purpose. And our purpose is much more than people are being taught. Our purpose here on earth is not to be happy. This this earth, this earth life is what? 70, top 80 years atops. And uh, eternity <laughs> is forever. And so we are being trained in this small lifetime we have on this planet. We are here to be trained. Trained for what, Brother Augusto? Trained for reigning. Trained to rule and reign with Jesus Christ in eternity. And so in order to reign and rule with him, we have to be uh, prepared. We have to be processed. We have to, uh, our character has to be, uh, you know, dealt with. Our character has to be purified. Our, our, our motives have to be purified. Our heart has to be purified. And so we have to be honed. We have to be perched. And so this is a process that takes place in life. And so this is what the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah said. Take up your cross and follow me. In other words, deal with these things. Many of these things we are going through, the pains and the sufferings and the tribulations and the persecutions and the trials, these things are here to forage 
a divine character in us to bring forth gold as tried in the fire. And so that is uh, what the Lord meant by, you know, take up your cross and follow me. One of the things uh, also, Sheila, that I have seen and, you know, is very common uh, in Christianity, especially in America, is people are terrified of pain. Yes. We, none of us want pain. And, and I don't blame them. I, I, I don't blame people. Pain is painful. <laughs> you know, pain, and no one likes pain. No one likes pain, so we avoid pain like a plague. You know, who wants to go to the dentist? <laughs> yeah, who, who who wants to go to the dentist? Who wants to go take a shot in the doctor and have him, you know, put that needle inside, you know, into your skin? I mean, who who wants who wants to experience pain? And so, and that extends to emotional pain. Okay, that extends to emotional pain, not just physical pain. And uh, you know, nobody wants to get hurt, and yet. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, Messiah himself said, in this life, you shall have tribulation. But then he said, right after he said, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And, uh, you know, in this world, you will have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. In other words, this is only for a season, folks. This is only for a time. And uh, it is necessary. It is necessary. Why is it necessary, Augusto? Because people, unfortunately, people will not change of their own will. People, do you know what? Do you know why people change, Sheila? <laughs> people do not change because they're really spiritual. Do you know why people change? Because they don't like pain. They don't want pain. So they, you know, it's like a it's like the like the dog trainers you know they they train dogs by inflicting a little bit of pain with an electrical current that is how they train dogs and that's how they train uh, wild beasts well, and that is how human beings are trained you know and i i don't mean to use the same analogy i, I don't mean to say we are animals <laughs> but we are mammals in a way you know we are mammals and so um you know, of, of, a, of a higher intelligence, you know, and more educated and so forth, higher reasoning powers, you know, but we are still mammals. And, um, and so we are trained the same way. We are trained by uh, a, a little bit of pain. And so, you know, whenever we are doing something wrong, okay, there's going to come pain. Pain will come. And uh, if you want pain to stop, then you're going to have to change your behavior. And, uh, I mean, I know I'm talking to a lot of people out there. I know, I know that this is hitting the bullseye because there's a lot of people out there going through pain right now. And they want the Lord to just come and zip, just remove all pain from their lives. But they don't want to do any work, Augusto, because all these Christians, they've got the Jesus fish on their car. They've got the bumper sticker. But you cannot see a risen Jesus in their life. You don't see the Holy Ghost moving in their life. They go to church. They pay homage once a week. It's three hymns and a PowerPoint and preaching from the Reader's Digest. That's a risen life. That's a royal priesthood. I mean, instead of lining up our life with the Bible, we line up the Bible with our life. That's not right. That's right. That's right. Because the church has become like the Nicolaitans. It's, 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 it's in the book of Revelations. And uh, 
when the Lord uh, mentioned that, it was basically a church that was becoming like the Nicolaitans. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans basically was what we are seeing in the church today. Uh, you know, one man or, you know, a couple of men do all the work and nobody else does anything. They just sit there and do nothing. And then they come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and they go back to their homes and then they go back the next Sunday and do the same thing all over again. And <clears throat> they expect things to change, by, but, but nothing is changing. So this is the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. It's basically Nicolaity. It's two words in the Greek, Nicolaity, which means power. Nico is power over the laity, which uh, it, 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 it became very, very uh, strong during the, during the Catholic uh, Church, you know, uh, during the papacy. Uh, basically, the Pope uh, did everything. They would even say the Mass in Latin. And the people wouldn't even get to know what was going on. <laughs> they became like little, uh, li like little parrots, you know. Say after me, Dominus Boviscum. <laughs> then the people, That's people good. would say, good spirit to to all, all you know. And that that kind of charade went on, uh, you know, uh, mass after mass. And well, the Protestant Church is it's not much better. It's a little better, but not much better. The people now can read the Bible, praise God, and, um, you know, they talk in English or Spanish or whatever language, and uh, maybe they give their people opportunity to be saved, you know, and they preach maybe the gospel a little more, Jesus Christ uh, died for you and so forth and so on, but that's about it. And uh, so we, we are still way, way behind on schedule. We are way behind on schedule, and the clock is ticking. And the, the, the sand is almost gone from the hourglass. And uh, people are still not saved. And so this is the problem we have. This is the problem we have that the gospel is not being preached from the pulpit. But let me say, let me share this also, Sheila. I don't put all the blame on the shoulders of the, of the, of the ministers. Okay? The ministry have a, uh, a large part of the blame. But part of the blame goes also to the people because I have also noticed that the people like it like that. They like it like that. They, they, they want somebody to do all the work for them, and they only want to go there on Sunday, on Sunday morning, you know, put in their offering, their tithes, and then, you know, leave me alone for another week. I got to take care of stuff. You know, I got my life. I got my life to live. And, uh, and then the preachers, you know, they... They like that uh, arrangement as well because, you know, they're getting the, the, the money to pay their bills and uh, pay the mortgage and, you know, live good lives. And, but they are not fulfilling their calling. And so it's, it's a dual blame. Uh, it, it goes to the ministry and it also goes to the people. The people are not without blame. The people are lazy. People don't want to work. The people don't want to pray. People don't want to study the word and show themselves approved. The people don't want to grow up. They want to stay, you know, dwarf. They want to stay spiritually stunted. They don't, they don't care about these things. You know, I, one of the things I am surprised, Sheila, is we teach a lot of good meat. We teach a lot of, you know, solid food to the people so that they can grow. But, you know, the audience that we get is, considerably small compared 
to other audiences that go after, you know, the spectacular, you know, that go after big shows, you know, uh, uh, you know, what's going to happen, you know, uh, or, or, or talking about, you know, the, the giants and the Nephilims and the flying saucers and, uh, and all that stuff is good. I'm not saying that there is truth to all that, but what I'm trying to say is this, that the people are obsessed with sensationalism. They're obsessed with all of these things and they're, they're not paying enough attention to the little important things like, you know, daily living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. How do I, how do I purify myself? How do I purge myself of all this leaven of sin? How do I mature? How do I grow more mature in Christ? How do I become more spiritual? How do I grow? I mean, how they're not concerned about those things. They've got tons of time to search all the latest news headlines, but they don't have time to get in the word. I mean, the modern church, the when we look around at these people, I mean, it's far removed from what the church was. So the answer is God's pattern for his church. And what is the pattern? It's a church operating in the power of the Holy Spirit taking the gospel to the lost world. It's, it was a church on a mission. That church was a church excited about its Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was committed to holiness and obedience to the word and to worship. And it was a church that was hated by the world because why? It was steadfast in the face of horrible persecution, as you alluded to. It was a church that was growing God added to it daily, and it was a church that enjoyed the manifest presence and the power of God. And let's face it, the church described in the book of Acts was unlike anything the world had ever or will ever see. And again, the modern church, well, as we're all familiar with, it's far removed from what that was. So that's what we got to get back to is God's pattern for his church, don't we? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's not happening. It's not happening, uh, except in very small churches, very few. And uh, because it, it, one of the things that I also have uh, come to understand and you know, realize is that uh, change is hard. Change is difficult. Uh, human beings don't like change. Change brings pain. Uh, change brings uncertainty. We are used to doing things in a certain way. We are used to um, having our own way. We are used to, you know, seeing things uh, in a certain place, in a certain location, doing things in a certain way. And we don't like change. Change is not um, something people embrace very readily. So in order to bring about change in a situation like we're talking about today, it requires sacrifice. It requires commitment. It requires dedication it requires self-discipline uh you know and it requires uh that people sometimes maybe feel a little bit of pain uh i mean i'm going to say something that may grab some people the wrong way but you, people you're not going to grow unless you feel some pain absolutely you know like they have this, they, you know, they used to have this program years ago, Growing Pains, you know. Whenever people grow, there is pain, you know, the, the bones grow, the bones stretch, the skin stretch, you know, the, the muscles also uh, enlarge, you know, and, and have to stretch. And all this process, uh, it's painful. 
you know, the, it's, it's painful, the, you know, as the body changes, as you grow, as you mature, you know, um, when, you, when we used to go to school, we used to sit in these little chairs, I remember, uh, you know, in the classroom. And, uh, well, you know, <laughs> uh, when I grew, I became a man, I, I went back to, to, to the same school I used to go when I was a child. And I tried to sit in one of them chairs. And you know what, Sheila? I, I didn't fit. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm saying that because, you know, in a funny way, because, you know, when you grow, people, when you grow, you're not going to be able to fit into things that you used to do before. This is why the scripture says that when we, when we were a child, we spoke as a child and we did things as a child. But now we are no longer a child. And this is the problem we have, that there are many Christians that are supposed to be mature. They're supposed to be grown up, and they're still acting like a child. They still talk like a child. They still do things like a child. And uh, they're not doing things, you know, uh, according to the level that they should be by now. Some, Like some believers have been, uh, you know, following the, the Jesus Christ for uh, you know, 15, 20 years, 30 years. And uh, you hear them talk, and my goodness, I, I don't hear the mind of Christ talking. I, I, I don't see the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit manifested. I don't see the, the gifts of the Spirit flowing and manifesting. I don't see discernment uh, manifesting in their lives, uh, being able to discern right from wrong, the holy from the profane, I, I don't see that. I don't see their sensitivity to recognizing, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit, mm. to recognizing someone that is of God and someone that is not of God. There is such blindness out there. And the reason is because uh, people are immature. They are, like the book of Hebrews says, you know, they are not uh, able to uh, eat meat yes. they have to eat um, you know a soft food like babies you know when we were babies our our mama had to give us uh, you know little milk a little oatmeal a little you know things like that we we could we couldn't handle solid food you know and many christians are like that it's incredible it's it's like an epidemic uh i am shocked i <laughs> i i mean i'm still shocked uh and I have been seeing this for a long time, and I'm still in, in shock at how many Christian believers are still like that. But uh, this, is, this is what we're dealing with, uh, Sheila. And so we have to take that in, into consideration, okay? As I was sharing with you before, uh, before the program, we, we have to take that into consideration when we are making plans and we are dealing with people and we are doing the, the work of the ministry, we have to take that in consideration. <clears throat> One of the things I do many times is I tend to be repetitive. I'd say the same thing sometimes two, three times, five, ten times. <laughs> and the people sometimes say, okay, I got it, I got it. You already said that. I said, well. <laughs> do you have it? <laughs> yes. Yes, repetition is a good teacher. And uh, I have found out that even even when you say something 10 times, maybe at, maybe by the 10th time, maybe they'll get it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all the good rabbis, 
uh, which which Jesus Christ, Messiah, he was one, you know, the best. All the good rabbis used repetition as a system of teaching because it is a good teacher. Repetition is a good teacher. This is how the communists brainwash the people. Yes. Through repetition. And even things that are, even things, Sheila, that are lies, okay, that they're not truths. Even things that are lies, if, if they say it enough in a communist regime or in a fascist regime, if they say something enough, people will believe it. It will become truth. So how much more when we are dealing with truth? How much more when we're dealing with truth? We need to repeat it over and over and over again, which is the reason why we need to read the word over and over and over again, even if we have read it many times already before, because every time we read it, it reinforces something that needs to be reinforced. And Hitler said that, actually. So he said, if you tell a big lie long enough and you tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. So they stole God's principle, really, because people need to see Jesus in us. We need to get out of sin, first of all. We need to get sin out of our life. We need to repent. And repentance is a changed heart towards sin, isn't it? And that's why fasting is so important, Augusta, because fasting breaks yokes that we cannot. It's very supernatural. That's right. That's right. That's good what you just said about repentance. A lot of people do not understand repentance. Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Some people say that, but have they changed? No. They have not changed in their image that they have of the Almighty. They have not changed of their image that they have of what they did wrong. You see, this, this requires meditation. This requires a revelation fully to be fully repentant. A person has to have a revelation of what they have done wrong. It's not just, I'm sorry, I did that. Okay. And, and then do it again. You see, so a, a repentance is, is, is a deep process and only the Lord can grant repentance, true repentance. We live in a society that has taken that word sorry, too lightly, too lightly. Um, many times people now say sorry, and uh, they, they don't really mean it. They just use it to, you know, to basically tell the other person, sorry, just, you know, leave me alone, you know, <laughs> go away. They're not truly repentant. And this has uh, kind of filtered into the church, yes. into the church mentality. It's almost like, you know, what the Catholics do. When they go to confession with a priest, they go to confession with a priest just because they don't, they, you know, they don't feel good and they just want that load off their conscience and they go, please forgive me, father, you know, for I have sinned. Okay. Say three Hail Marys to our fathers and God bless you. (laughs) 
I'm sorry way. to laugh. I mean, it's so ridiculous that it, it actually is very sad, isn't it, though? I mean, because, again, repentance is a changed heart towards sin. And I think it's so important, Augusto, that people understand that God is a holy God and he requires our service to him. It's about the blood that was shed and it's about that redemption and the, the sanctification of what Jesus did. That is the same power that we are given that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And yet there's again a disconnect. It's it's amazing how many people just, they don't understand their authority and they're certainly not going to use their authority if they don't know what it is. That's totally correct. We have glory dwelling within us. We have the, 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 the same power that created the universe. We have the same power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, it's dunamis power. The Lord said you shall receive dunamis when the Holy Ghost is come on you. So it is dunamis power. It is, it is power that is supposed to be used. And uh, it's supposed to be used for many for many reasons for, and for many purposes. Uh, it, it, it's supposed to help us to change. He can help us change. This power within us, it can help us change. It is a tremendous, uh, you know, powerful changer it, it can change things it can change the way you but you have to the catch is you have to uh will it and you have to allow him you have to work with him you have to cooperate like any gift of the holy spirit any gift of the holy spirit sheila requires cooperation the power is there it's available yes. the gift is there but you have to cooperate it takes the human part. It takes the human side where you said, I am willing to be used. I am willing for you to use me to accomplish this. And then it happens. Okay. So it's the same way. People can change. I can change. You can change. Anyone can change by the power of the Holy Ghost. But he's not going to do it by himself. He, he will do it if you, if you tell him, Holy Spirit, use me and change me. Make me like Jesus Christ. I want to be like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. I want to think like Jesus. Just transforming, renew my mind by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the, by the, by the reading of the word, transform me daily. You see, he will. But you have to give him the keys to your house. Amen. Whew. Are you willing to be used by God today, folks? Just say, I want to follow Jesus. Augusto, that is a perfect end to the show. And in the waning moments, Augusto, would you do me the incredible honor today of praying for the listeners? Sure. Dear Father, we just pray today for all those that are listening to this program and those that will listen to this program in coming days. We pray that you will manifest yourself to them in a real tangible way that you will show them who you are, Lord, and that you will uh, help them realize, Father, that greater is he that is in them than him that is in the world, that there is no, no need to be in fear. There is no need to be cowering in fear. But, Father, that we have the victory within us. We have your glory within us. And I ask, Father dear, that you would just bring this to their remembrance and make this real to them and help them, Lord, to become what you want them to be. Help them to achieve their destiny on this life and help them to become a force to reckon with in the power of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. And I pray, Father dear, that you bless Sheila Zelinsky. You bless her program. I pray, Father, that you would supply all her needs 
according to your riches in glory through Christ Yeshua, that you would supply the finances for the radio show and that you would cause this radio show, Lord, to, to increase and enlarge its tent, that more listeners will begin to listen and support it. And we ask it and thank you in advance in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Augusto, thank you for everything you do. I strongly encourage people to bookmark your website, theappearance.com. It's linked today on the bio. Augusto, so good to have you back home. And thank you again for everything. And thank you for coming on the program tonight. God bless you. God bless you, Sheila. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Augusto. Folks, that was the amazing one and only Augusto Perez. Do check out his information there at theappearance.com incredible man of God and I cannot wait till his next event well it's time for the draw so I've got all these papers in a hat and I'm going to pick out four names right now shake shake okay here we go first one the name is Jeff Evans is the first winner okay put that aside Next name is Bob ha- Bob Hagen. Bob Hagen, put that down. Next name is Joshua Butler. And for the last person, okay. Greg Bond. Must be related to James Bond. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Let me read these out again. Joshua Butler, Greg Bond, Bob Hagen, I think I'm pronouncing that right, and Jeff Evans are the four winners of a personally signed copy of my book, Green Gospel. And just so people know, speaking of Green Gospel, that there is an ebook available on my website. It says ebook. You can directly click on that button on my website, Green Gospel. If you do want to order the ebook, and I'm asking you to please give it a review on Amazon. Don't give it a bad review if you don't like it. But if you love the book, please do give it a review. And I really appreciate that. So as far as my show goes, folks, today is the last day I'm off the air today, at least for the month of August, I won't be on radio. I'm not sure exactly what God is doing, but I do know that he knows And so that's good enough for me. I'm not exactly sure what's happening, but I'm hoping to get these radio airtime bills paid off and come back with a vengeance maybe in September. We're all in this together. You're my family. I'm going to raise part of the money for the broadcast. And again, this is a family here. So we need to get together as a family and pay these bills. And every donation that comes in from now till the end of August will go to the bills If it works out that I can come back in September, then I will. But the broadcast would require continued support if you want me to come back. Now, I'm told I was really hoping and I was praying and believing that the funds would come by the end of July. They did not. And I'm told by WWCR that there is a 30 days cancellation clause. So I may even end up having to pay for the whole entire month of August despite not being on the air. So like I said, it's a tremendously big bill, and I do have to come up with about $4,700. 
That's $4,700 just to even begin to think about September. And that's not including what it would cost after that. So please do what you can to help me pay these. There is a donate button there on the website as well as on the contact tab, my mailing address for checks and money orders. So I thank you for that in advance. But I will miss you very much in the month of August. And I do ask that you go to my website often and see any announcements that are coming up. I will be making some announcements throughout the month of August in regards to some of the venues I'm speaking at. I will be updating my end time news, etc. And I really hope that you do join my free newsletter so that I can send you updates. I'm not going away. I guess I'll be on hiatus for the month of August, but I'm never far away. I'm only an email or a phone call away. So do keep your eye on the website for any updates. In any event, we'll see what the Lord has planned. Just know that I love my audience very much. Again, you're my family. And I do ask that you continue to lift me up in your prayers. Hopefully, I can come back in September with a vengeance. I'm not going to be disheartened. I'm just going to believe that God has a plan. And God has a plan for your life, folks. So please do ask God today what that is and to order your steps. And if you need anything, I'm just a phone call away. Thank you all for tuning into the broadcast today. I love you guys lots. Good night. And God bless you.